Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that normally features the one and only athletic director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show, and as always, it is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and across the table... Uh, Mike Gardabasio, co-editor at the562.org. We do normally call this the LB Fee Show. Should we call it the LB We Show? I feel like it's still the LB Fee Show, because if you love something, Mike, yeah. you let it fee. Okay. <laughs> God, it's going to be a long one today. We're down at Legends as we are every Monday at 6 p.m., uh, usually with Andy Fee. Andy could not be with us this week. He's, uh, he's on a business trip uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about next week. We are joined this week by uh, Dirtbags coach Troy Buckley. Can't wait to talk to him a little bit later in the show. But first, as always, Jage, how was your weekend? My weekend was full, Mike, and that's the way we love it here in Long Beach sports. Hung out on Friday night at Blairfield with the Dirtbags. Did a Saturday doubleheader at the Long Beach softball com- uh, complex on campus. Uh, Sunday morning with Long Beach Junior Crew. Yeah. Those kids are out there getting it, Mike. They're doing like eight 1,500 races in a two-day span. That's, Unbelievable stuff. That's too much. Way too much. Too I much did a video rolling. there. You can check that out. But you were also pretty busy, busy on Sunday. I was uh, running in the Grand Prix 5K uh, downtown with our producer, Roger Kirk, uh, as well as about... Producer Roger out there running. About half of the... Roger and I were, like, keeping each other alive in the last half mile <laughs> of the race. <laughs> I saw Roger, and I was like, all right, okay. Well, if he's not collapsing, <laughs> then I can collapse. Yeah, I can make it. Uh, but I am uh, – it may take me a little longer to switch the microphone later. I am incredibly sore today. Uh, I'm not going down any stairs. I can sort of sidestep up. But uh, we have a little step in my house to go from our front room to our living room, and I literally have just been, like, falling down it onto the couch today. Mike's working out. JJ's just watching people work out. That's pretty much how the whole thing goes every weekend here at the 562, the LB Fee Show. Like Mike said, we're bringing on Troy Buckley in just a minute. But this show has kind of turned into a breaking news podcast because for three straight weeks, We've had something break on Monday, and then the first place we get to tell people about it is right here. I know. I need a news ticker noise. I did. I talked to Andy earlier. Uh, I was asking. We've been talking about coach contracts. Uh, Andy obviously uh, sort of gave the first word to the Long Beach State community that he was working on a new deal with Dan Munson on this show. Uh, and I, today I'm going to break that uh, they're close to uh, extending the contract for Alan Knipe, who was on the show last week. Alan, uh, the coach of the number one ranked men's volleyball team, uh, Andy confirmed uh, his contract is up at the end of the year. Andy's talked a couple times on the show about how much he doesn't like that lame duck year for coaches. Uh, and when I remembered that Alan's deal was up at the end of the year, I said, well, that's kind of odd because the guy's obviously Mike, in a pretty good position. I don't think you could find another situation in a D1 sport where the coach of the number one team in the nation for, for sure. was on a lame duck year. <laughs> it's a, a year after he went to the Final Four. Well, and they're hosting the Final Four next year, so it's a good time to get him <laughs> under, under contract. Uh, Andy said, we're working on securing Alan Knipe in a long-term extension to continue leading our men's volleyball program. Alan has earned the extension with his success on the court and in the classroom. Coach supports and believes in the values of President Connolly, myself, and our university. Hope to finalize this extension in the upcoming weeks. So there you go. Hey, candidly, they should have put recruiting in there too. The list of his impressive, uh, yeah. uh, impressive feats he pulled over the last few weeks. I am waiting for the day when we will break the news that our contract has been extended as the co-host of the LBF show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of talking about everyone else's wallet. Get in you line. Know? <laughs> get in line. Uh, let's get into this week at the beach, Mike. You know it's a busy weekend always for Long Beach State, but there's some road games that are really, uh, really got the seasons hanging in the balance. 
I'm mainly talking about men's volleyball, which we are talking about right now, and softball. So men's volleyball uh, last weekend clinched the first ever Big West Championship with two wins over UC San Diego. Felt pretty good about the Tritons not getting their first wins in conference against the undefeated uh, 49ers, and they did not. Long Beach State uh, swept both matches to claim that first ever Big West Championship in men's volleyball. Uh, big deal for them. They were really excited. Got to get everyone in on senior night. Uh, in front of another nice crowd. They've really been showing up this year. But you mentioned it. So they're number one. They're 23-0. It's now officially the longest win streak in school history in that sport. They're going to Hawaii, which is ranked number six in the nation, for two matches on Friday and Saturday to close out the regular season. They're trying to become the first team in literally no one knows how long to win a, to go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, the last undefeated team to finish the season was UCLA in 1984. Uh, so they're closing in on some history. Uh, Alan obviously didn't really want to talk about it very much after the match. Alan doesn't uh, want to talk it, about any history ever, Mike. That's, Alan, that's what I get from him. Alan's like, talk to me after the final Speaking four. of baseball, he's kind of like a baseball player. He just never <laughs> wants to talk about what's going on. For sure. I tell him all the time. I, volleyball guys aren't supposed to be superstitious like this, you know? <laughs> well, a little snapshot here. Those men's volleyball matches, women's volleyball as well at Hawaii, are lit. Oh, for they sure. They pack that place. It's going to be the last two matches of the season, first of all, so people are excited. Senior night, so all those kids' families are going to be there as well for the whole weekend. On Saturday is senior night. And you've got a chance to knock off the number one team, your rival, and ruin their perfect season. If, if Long Beach State wins on Friday and Saturday is the last chance to hand them a, win, a, a loss in the regular season, I absolutely, eight to 11,000 people at Stan Sheriff, guaranteed. So, Saturday night, if they win Friday, 10 p.m. You got to be following us on social media because we are going to be live tweeting this thing. It's ball night. But yeah, it's late night. I'm, I'm fired up. My wife and I we're we're going to postmate some open sesame. Nice. I'm going to I'm going to fire up the men's volleyball match at 10 p.m. on the streaming services and uh, at 562 Sports. We'll have all the updates uh, from the islands from my living room. Well, not quite as far, and really, really just the opposite of paradise. Long Beach State softball's <laughs> got to go to Cal State Fullerton this weekend. They're playing on Friday, and then the doubleheader's going to be Saturday. Both of these teams are 6-0 and in the Big West, so the winner out of the weekend will take over first place. And as in recent, uh, recent past, that's kind of how it's been. The winner of this series, if one of them goes on to win the Big West, is the winner. Well, you mentioned it. They're both coming in hot, too. Uh, obviously, the F-Hats having a great season. But uh, the softball team last week, it's like no one can score on them. They had a shutout Saturday. Two, two. two, two straight shutouts. Two shutouts. And then come back and win Sunday's game on a three-run home run. Uh, so, uh, you know, that team ranked number 18 in the nation. Obviously, the new rankings come out on Tuesday. So we'll see if they move up a tick or two. But uh, they're also, they just set a record, a new, a new program record for most consecutive wins, and I believe 17 wins in a row. They are going to, 13 wins in a 13 row. Wins they in are row. going Thanks, to uh, basically break a lot of offensive records that they broke a few years ago when they got to the NCAA regional. And they lead six of the eight major categories in the Big West. But they're doing it different ways, just like this weekend. You have the shutouts, obviously, but one of them is a blowout. The next one is a one nothing leadoff home run old school pitchers duel, and then on Sat and then on Sunday you have to the, reset the, the whole thing run, and then yeah. the drama of a three run home run to win it. For like, sure, that's how you are successful in these long seasons, baseball, softball, whatever you're talking about. You got to find different ways to win, and that's what Long Beach State softball has been doing all year. 
Some other highlights this weekend, uh, the beach volleyball team is hosting uh, what se sounds like kind of an endless showcase on Saturday. The one I'm most excited about, 8.30 a.m. Uh, behind the pyramid, there will be an exhibition between Long Beach State's beach volleyball team and LBCC's beach volleyball team. Whose head coach you may have heard of before. Three-time gold medalist Olympian Misty May trainer. I'm looking at some of her Olympic gear here in Legends. I believe the bikini from uh, gold medal number one is on the back wall. Uh, Interesting, a lot of people don't know this, but LBCC and Long Beach State actually do have a history of some sort of historic exhibitions. The two baseball teams opened up Blair Field uh, as LBCC and Long Beach State played back in 1959, I want to say. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff happening there, but very excited to see Misty back at Long Beach State and to see th both those teams uh, expected to be able to contend for a championship. The Vikings number one in the state, uh, Long Beach State at number six and looking uh, good for a trip to go to the NCAA tournament in Alabama. Breaking news, 1950s Long Beach sports history. We've got it all here at the LBF show. we got everything. Except LBF. <laughs> Except for Andy. <laughs> the other games that we've got this weekend, uh, Saturday women's tennis is going to be on campus. Big West action against UC Davis, the Aggies leading the Big West. All of that calendar information for Long Beach State and everything else going on here in Long Beach is at the562.org which is where you're going to find all of your Long Beach sports coverage, including the Grand Prix this weekend. We are going to be out there for all of the races. You'll probably be hearing it in your living room, all the coverage at the562.org. Newsletter every day, the videos, the previews, the recaps, the photos, they're all there because of you. 562.org is community supported, and we can't live without the Long Beach sports community. So get at us on Twitter, on Facebook, subscribe on the website, Take a screenshot of that subscription, send it to us, so we can tell everybody that you support Long Beach Sports. I, uh, as we bring on our, our special guest today, I, I want to know, Roger, did you hear? Was it? Did my legs make an audible creaking noise when I just changed seats? They He's did. nodding. I'm sorry. He's I nodding. I apologize for the background noise. We're very excited to bring on our guest today. Uh, he's in his eighth year as the head coach at Long Beach State. Obviously, the pitching guru of the West Coast. Uh, Troy Buckley, head coach of the Dirtbags. Welcome to the LBF Show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It is uh, our absolute pleasure, Coach. Thanks for taking the time. You guys have reached the NCAAs in three out of the last four years, including just that magical run uh, through the regional and super regional last year. But uh, this year, I feel I feel like we should have brought a bag full of like voodoo dolls and religious <laughs> relics Garlic. to try to get this yeah. juju <laughs> off the Dirtbags. You said it on Sunday. You're kind of a mash unit right now. Yeah. Just talk about how this season has progressed, both on the field and off the field in the training room. Yeah, I think I think first thing is we, we don't want to use these injuries as excuses. We want to use them as maybe some reasons or justifications as far as why people might be looking at why we're playing guys when maybe they shouldn't be playing. <laughs> but. I, I feel like this is a shot at how sore I am after the five <laughs> I feel personally attacked by Coach right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> we need, we need no, a, a, no, I'm, you I'm, actually I'm, got I'm, in here just fine, Mike. So I'm, 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 I'm huge. Huge. You I'm could, huge you could actually been on our 27-man <laughs> roster last I'm weekend. Just, I'm really big on using injuries as excuses, actually. <laughs> yeah, For me yeah. personally, it's like a, it's a mantra of mine. <laughs> but, I mean, a starting pitcher, John Sheik, starting shortstop, uh, Lane Huffman, Huffman. Uh, first baseman, Luke Rasmussen, Catcher Cole third Joy. baseman Cole Joy. I mean, two fifths of your starting uh, infield has been actually available for this entire season. You had 21 available players on Sunday, Coach. Yeah. How are you doing it? Well, we're trying. I mean, we're we're moving people around and we're trying to whatever small little uh, items we can mismatch and 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 match up and and spread. But 
you know, the other two guys that, that weren't really listed because they had injuries in the fall was Connor Riley, who pitched out of the bullpen for us last year, and Matt Fields, kid from Lakewood. So we lost 170 innings before the first pitch of the season, which that's hard to do. And you lose McCacken at 100, and you lose Dave Smith at 90, and you're and A.J. Jones, who is with our staff but has, you know, just reoccurring shoulder injuries that was never going to allow him to pitch again competitively. So, you know, on paper, when you're looking at this thing, you know, you, you always feel good about what you're doing, especially when you schedule the way we did schedule. But at the same time, you know, things – circumstances happen and you know we're trying to uh, bob and weave and make our way through and create some identity and sometimes it's it looks a little challenging from the dugout from the stands and probably from their eyes too <laughs> yeah for sure yeah you know the dirtbags obviously have been sort of on the cutting edge of some of the sports psychology stuff in the past have you guys looked at the spiritual realm at all i mean have you considered an exorcism <laughs> well you know some teams will do stuff right like you you bury all the medical reports or something like that have you guys thought about any kind of a symbolic way to try and get rid of these things stop practice one day like, like <laughs> Honestly, when, when Sheiks went down on a Friday before opening season on the third inning of the second pitch of an inner squad, and then Cole Joy the next day tries to avoid a tag at first base, and then we, you know, there's some really cool padding at Blair Field if you haven't been there yeah. that was added. Well, before that was added, that was just chain link fence. Well, we were doing a pop up drill, and we had one of, this was Rasmussen, he banged his knee. I mean, it was, and Radcliffe, he got hit yep. by a foul ball doing a chart the day before he was going to Just pitch. sitting in the dugout. Sitting in the dugout. <laughs> I mean, from a right-handed hitter, hooked the ball all the way to that side of the field. So, no, guys, no, we haven't done any exorcism or, <laughs> okay. you know, voodoo doll or garlic or, or anything like holy water, but... There's should we, should we, do you want JJ and I to give you some options? We can hit the well, yellow. We can hit the yellow book. Coach was in a jersey top in the dugout on Sunday for the first time since you were the assistant under Mike Weathers. That's correct. So I asked you stirrups next week. That's right. I know. Yeah, maybe? We were laughing as he was leaving the mic. I, 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 I unequivocally said no, and then I got to think about it. He's walking out. I'm like, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> I need that full kit Twitter picture <laughs> oh as the Abbey next oh, week if that happens. That would be beautiful. Um, before that, can we just go back and live in last June for like sure, a while? Sure, sure, Unbelievable stuff at Blair Field. I wrote a column about how you can li know somebody for three years, but if you spend three days with them on a road trip, you know them forever. That's how I felt after those two weeks at Blair Field. What was it about Blair Field that made those two weekends of NCAA baseball so special? Not for just for you guys, but yeah. for the city. I think it was the community. I mean, I think it was the fans. It was the community. It was the support. It was the energy. It was the nighttime. It was everything that you know that place can be and has been. If you've been here before, back in the 03s, 04s, 05s, 07s, I mean, there was a string there where this place was pretty cool. I mean, it's always been cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm saying with with the culmination or, or with the, the the marrying of us doing well and the city coming out and supporting, I mean, it, it's a fantastic venue and it's great support from everybody, from, you know, just general population that, that love college baseball to longtime Dirtbag supporters to, you know, the place to be during an event in Los Angeles area, which is kind of always a destination, too. Well, I was thinking before this season started, if you took a picture of Blair Field before last season, and then after that final game against Cal State Fullerton, everything that had changed, 
the bullpen, yeah, obviously the batting, the batting cages. cages. Yeah, it sure. was like that year and those two weeks are going to be the way Blair Field looks for the rest of its existence. I just, I just think that's fantastic and special. And you guys got to feel almost fortunate that these improvements to the ballpark are coming when you're doing something like playing two weekends at home. Yeah, no question. I mean, when, when you can cumulate, get both together like that, you get all these improvements, you get a quality team, and it's going to be harder and harder to host from this point on, I think, just because of, you know, the, uh, you know, the way the NC2A is being set up. So to take advantage of that and for have, I don't want to say perfect storm because you always want to shoot for that every year. Otherwise, we wouldn't be playing the schedule we're playing this year and next year is no easier. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same. But that's the goal. The goal is to, A, to get to Omaha. The best way to do that is through home. And when you get through home, what this place is when you go through it is even more magical. So it's just kind of a whole, I don't know if it's a cliff note version. This is what we feel and I feel is the best path to do what we need to do here because that's what we're looking to do. Uh, moving to this year, talking about a real bright uh, bright spot, obviously Clayton Andrews has had some just silly stuff, uh, you know, with the, the incredible things he's yeah. done so far. Uh, today it was announced he's become now the first ever player in Big West history to win Big West uh, Pitcher and Player of the Week. Uh, just talk a little about the season he's having. And, you know, obviously there's real baseball fanatics in this city. Um, and, you know, how cool is it for them to get to see a guy like that having a complete performance the way he has this season? I think we ask a ton of him, and he empties the tank every single time he goes out there. He's our best player. And I don't like getting into being best or, or who's the worst or anything like that. But he's a really, really fierce competitor. Um, the things we ask him to do probably is 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 more than Otani right now. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, Clayton Andrews is a baseball player, and I think every baseball player loves to hit first and play and then if they have the ability to pitch then that's what they end up doing for the betterment of the team and i think clayton's no different you know i mean he he's held up we got seven more weeks left so you know we hope that he continues to i'm not talking about getting hurt type i'm just talking about wearing down type yeah, so right. you know there was i think one game against Tulane, maybe that you know it looked like he was a little fatigued but other than that it's been crisp He's been able to have life on the ball. You know, you can see those things while you're at the game. And when you're in the dugout, you can really pick up on those things. Like Texas A&M, he was amazing. I mean, he was really, really good in that environment for seven-plus innings. And sometimes those things take a little bit of gas out of you. But he was unbelievable against Fullerton. He was really good last weekend. I mean, we've never had – Vargas did not play both. He DH'd and hit. Shane Peterson – pitched oh, I forgot about Peterson because of necessity <laughs> he wasn't I recruited this is how good I am I recruited him <laughs> as a pitcher he ends up playing in the big leagues as a position player so there you go there, there are but no there are no a, but you knew he was here. a big league well the two guys <laughs> you just listed are in the big leagues so are, Clayton are. Andrews yeah. in good company yeah to be no sure. doubt no doubt and uh so yeah to, to hear that he was the first guy ever that's pretty impressive because there's been yeah. a lot of great players go through the Big West does, and our program. Too. It, does he? I don't even know. Do they have to create a superlative for him huh. at the end of the season? I no, mean, I, kinda... I, I think we're good. Don't 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 go there with him <laughs> on that. We're, we're we're just fine. He's having a, a superlatives are a little heavy, and we'll talk about him when we retire. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of the Big West, though, what is up with the Big West? 
This year, the nine teams in the Big West came into conference play with an overall 105-121 record. Under 500, you just don't see that because usually there's one or two or maybe even three teams that are, like you said last year, really vying for those at-large bids before the conference season even starts. Is it a mixture of the conference being down and uh, schedules being tough, or, or what are you seeing? I think... On paper, I thought this year was going to be deeper and stronger than last year. Oh, really? I, I did, but I'm but I'm not a very good prognosticator when it comes to that. So, <laughs> I thought that. But hey, we had nine guys drafted last year, eight signed. Fullerton had essentially their whole position players vacated. Yeah. They were gone. They had a few arms returning, but when you lose experience, maturity. And you have injuries, which I know last year Santa Barbara had injuries. We have injuries this year. Because of a 35-man roster, it, you don't have the, the, a AAA and you don't have a DL spots to be able to call people up that you may want to. So until we play everybody, JJ, I don't really know like everybody's story, but I'm probably a little shocked at where the conference is at because right now it is a one-bid team league with that bid being maybe a four seed that's crazy coming from a place that has spent sent a representative to the college world series for four straight years correct i agree that is a steep cliff coach i think there's a (laughs) lot of there's a lot of cyclical i mean anytime you can go a little bit up and down but you don't see huge peaks and valleys too much and for whatever reason and i i'm i'm vehemently protective of what this conference has done on the baseball end. I I am a staunch supporter of it, and I will not quit to make sure this conference does what it is, even though we're a mid-major, but the Power Fives are separating themselves. They're doing it as we speak, and we have to continue to try to either shorten that gap or when we get opportunities, we got to make our marks, like we have the last four years. But you're going to have some years like this, unfortunately, and hopefully the consistency gets a little bit more improved as as next year and each year evolves. Right, right. Um, You know, you played some baseball in your day. Mm -hmm. Pretty darn good catcher at Santa Clara. Got drafted in 1989. What's the biggest difference for players and specifically catchers from the time when you played as opposed to what Chris Menes is doing right now? Oh, man, that's a good question. I I, I think the the information is, is... there's way more information out there than it was when I played. You are getting real-time launch angle. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> and and, and uh, TrackMan and, 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 you know, spin rate and all that yeah. kind of stuff. No, Your charts no, were no. drawn in the dirt, right? My charts, my head coach would send us charts of a field and showed you where you hit the balls. And if you got a lot of hits, he wouldn't comment on it. But if you didn't get a lot of hits, he says you needed to use more of the field. So that's that's where we're at now. No video back then. Um, There was no library of video, you know, to see yourself here, see yourself there. But I think to some respect, it taught you that you needed to figure some things out without without having AIDS, if you will. Um, But Hey, I think the game, the players are stronger. They're got more information. I'm not saying they're better. I just think that to some degree, everybody's way more physical, way more in tune on nutrition, and their awareness of recovery and all of those things are much, much greater. It's just, I call it artificial 
experience, meaning that you could sit here and I can, I can talk like I'm a heart surgeon because I can go on Google. But really, you're not a heart surgeon because I think I didn't. A, I've never done it. Right. And B, just because I watch Grey's Anatomy or you know whatever it may be. <laughs> Do you does, really watch Grey's Anatomy? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. We but, could go on a tangent there. Uh, that would have been our biggest breaking news story of, uh, of in the history of the I know, show. I know. I know. But the um, the the ability to actually go out and do it is. A little bit you don't have to have a lot of experience anymore right. you can gather information without and be an expert on something that you didn't even right. really put any real time involved to so I think that helps and hurts yeah well today's coaches or today's coaches are better today's players are pampered it's a great answer yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great answer. there you go good job Thank you. Um, you know obviously a lot of changes in baseball like you're talking about just with the way that the game is going but also rule changes like in Major League Baseball with the limited mound visits what, what do you what do you think about that, especially as a as a guy who caught his whole career? I mean, what do you think about limited mound visits in the Major League Baseball? Me personally, I think that it's. I don't want to be selfish here, but th- this is our profession, our job. If we got to get it right and it takes an extra eight minutes, then we're going to get it right. That's how I feel. So I don't think putting restrictions on that is going to be something that's going to be sustainable. I think that's going to be an uphill battle because the union is arguably one of the strongest unions in the world, the mm-hmm. Major League Baseball yep. union, though they did get a little bit of hit with a lot. There's a lot of good players that aren't signed. I mean, a lot of good players that aren't playing right now. Right. So I don't, I'm not saying there's any collusion. I just think that what's occurring is you want to say correct the market or however you want to do it. Right. The noise is strong in anything you do, and when you start to get it and you just want to make changes to it, they're not always going to be for the better. So you've got to be careful as you adjust the integrity of the game. That's very, very well said. A lot of the players who are going to be affected by that are former Long Beach Dirtbacks. Mm-hmm. It looks like, once again, Long Beach State will have the most alumni represented in Major League Baseball than any other college or university in the nation. Uh, why is that, Coach? Why, why is Long Beach State such a breeding ground for guys going to the show? Wow, I mean, I think you got a couple things. You've had really good players that starts. you got to give them all the credit. I know when I was coming up with a press release for my contract and the, the announcement of it, in it, I thank the players because the players are what got me to this particular point. I thank right. them for what they have done, what they've sacrificed, and the coaches and so on and so forth. So you've got good scouting, I think, by the people that and recruiting. Uh-huh. You have good players that are intrinsically motivated, not just by a carrot and a stick from a coach saying you got to run if you don't do this or anything like that, even though that still works a little bit. And then you have the ability to be have some creative development and for the coaches to utilize a lot of quality relationships that we have when we don't have answers on how to figure guys out in order to maximize their individualization of who they are. So, and then you put it into action, you trust what you're doing, you live in the process, you, you, you focus on the mental game, not the voodoo game, the, the, that type of deal. But So you add a lot of that to it and I don't know. And then the rest of them is really, it, they, they've done it. They've took this incubation of maturity and growth 
to be a man in this little bubble that they're in in college, and they have not been micromanaged and allowed to be micromanaged because right. they can go out and they can take the information that's been given to them, add more to it, sift through it, you know, let some go this way, let some go this way, and figure out how to get to because it's really difficult to get there. Yeah, there's a book there, Mike. Mike's the book guy. In the answer there, that's there's a, a book. That's all you, Doggy. Uh, <laughs> so, Coach, one of the things we like to end on is a, a little thing we call either or. Uh, if I were to ask JJ Long Beach State or Fullerton, he'd say <laughs> he'd say Long he'd say Long Beach State. So, uh, for you, we're gonna we're gonna ask a couple uh, comparisons of uh, you know classic baseball players, and uh, you you pick one. Starting off, Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle. Oh, that's brutal, these aren't gonna guys. be easy. That's brutal. These aren't gonna be easy. <laughs> oh. Good. This is tough, especially from a guy from Northern California. There's no, there's no wrong answers, though. Well, there's a bunch of wrong answers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Willie Mays. Okay. This, the Giants connection? That, maybe a little more long-term health. Oh, okay. Um, we're, oh, we're down in it. You know, ma- 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 right. maybe, ma- 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 maybe a little bit of the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forgive you. Uh, how about Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson? Uh, well, everybody knows I like the Giants. so, And that doesn't mean I don't like the Dodgers. <laughs> but I got to go Bob Gibson just for longevity as well. Yes. He's pitched longer. I would agree with the longevity being, being key. I don't think it got better than Bob Gibson. I think Man. Bob Gibson is the best pitcher of all time, and there's really not a discussion about it. Wow. I mean, you guys are archiving it, man. Yeah. And that is legit. <laughs> That's how we do. All that, right. That guy was mean. <laughs> he was a mean guy. Yes, old school in a mean way. Oh, yeah, all right. Here's another, here's another two guys who are kind of mean. Johnny Bench or Pudge Rodriguez? I had Johnny Bench dating myself. I had the poster I on knew top he was of my ceiling. That. Yes. With Dr. J, <laughs> Larry Bird, Irvin Johnson, Charles Barkley, Johnny Bench, nice. Mike Schmidt. So I got to go Johnny Bench. Okay. I was going to throw Mike Schmidt My in there first too. spring training with the Twins down in Fort Myers, Tamp- or Texas was in Port Charlotte. So we would play them. And they, you know, as you go around, you're like, hey, uh, I guess Texas got a double A catcher we're playing. They're supposed to be a real deal. Kid yeah. can really throw. Pudge Rodriguez. Wow, really? Oh, yeah, it was like 18. That's just throwing so cool. missiles into a 40-mile-an-hour wind, <laughs> oh, man. just the ball not moving east or west and going true. And then <laughs> that next year we're in the Florida State League, and I'm in Fort Myers, and the Florida State League is historically a large ballpark because of spring training sites. Yeah. So you play in all the spring training sites. The travel's great. The weather stinks. There's no fans. There's no energy. <laughs> but it's a really cool league. It's hard to hit home runs. So this kid from Dunedin, which is the Toronto's high A ball team in Florida State League, uh-huh. had like seven home runs in the first like <laughs> 20 games. And we're like, what the hell? Dunedin's a bandbox. Carlos Delgado comes to town and he <laughs> leaves dead central in May in Fort Myers off the batter's eye. And we're like, Small park or not, he, he's got legit <laughs> juice. This uh, guy can play. <laughs> those guys stand out in those leagues. Uh, we'll go recent, Brett Harper or Mike Trout. Very similar players. Yeah, very similar. Both outstanding. Trout, and there's only one reason, because he plays center field. Okay. I, I, there's, there's, 
you play the middle of the diamond, you're going to get a lot of value. That, that's, that's a lot on your body. And at some point, Trout's probably going to have to move to a corner, as most of them do. But the Adam Jones, the center, man, those guys got to yeah. run. They dive. There's a lot of green they got to cover. Harper's fantastic. More longevity in right field than in center field. Buck likes longevity. Oh, I do, man. It's about, it's about being consistent, man. I, and, and that's what we're trying to do. So. All right, last know. one. Yep. We'll go managers. Buck Showalter. Oh, Joe, or Joe Torre. Ouch. I thought of this one when Buck Showalter and the Orioles were in New York last week. Ouch. Oh, I know man. that's tough. Both Yankee guys. Both very, at least from the outside, I don't know either one. Um, I'll say... We really stumped him, Mike. I like this. Girardi because job, he won baby. a world championship. Oh, he's going, he's going behind door number three? Is that right? Did, no, did, I said did Show Walter or Tori. Oh, Show Walter. I like Tory. the Girardi pull though. Oh, That's with, really strong. I'll go with. I'll go. I'll go with. I'm, I'm gonna go with Show Walter. Just okay. Because of, longevity. No. No. <laughs> no. No. I, 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 the, the the lot of spending time on X's and O's. Yeah. And probably a little more ahead of his time. Tori, oh, big relationship without guy. Without question ahead of his time. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, from, from the timing standpoint. For sure. So, is All that right. it? You're not going to ask me anymore. Well, no, we, we do have a last question. Is you got anything you want to get off your chest about Andy since he's not here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm a little, really I'm, think I, about Andy I'm P. a little disappointed that... <laughs> He's not here. I don't know, maybe it's because we're not having such a great year because he was around all the time last year. This is the first episode he's missed, Coach. Well, that, that only adds fuel to the fire, Mike. So, no, I appreciate you guys doing this, man. It's good for uh, this is good for the city. It's no, good absolutely. For us and everything. So Thank I, you for I taking really the time. I know you guys are busy. I mean, you're going to be in action tomorrow night. So yeah, if you're, we'll you're listening to this on Tuesday, you guys are at Blair Field taking on UCLA. Correct. Tuesday night. Very good Bruins squad. Yeah, they're a good, good club. And then you're going to be on the road this weekend at Cal State Northridge. Uh, to for your first road Big West series, which is usually a good indicator as to how you're going to go. Yeah. If you're playing on the road against a team that's good, Northridge very good, four and two right now in the Big West. So uh, so you got you got to feel like every time you step on the field, you could turn this thing around, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you got seven weekends left, and even though as much despair as it feels like at times, like anemic offensively or not doing this, you can go and win two games and kind of be back in the mix. But it, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting Big West because I think usually the winner is between 19, between 18 and 21 wins out of 24 games. Yeah, that's usually historically we won 20 last year. I think this year is going to be between 15 to 17 is going to win it. Right, that's a great point. The parity of the conference and the way everyone's coming into conference play definitely opens the door where, you know, not winning an opening weekend series does not mean what it does in, in other years. It's definitely no, exactly. going to be a lot, a lot more up and down this year. Well, Coach, thanks for joining us. Thanks, like guys. Jay just said, we know you're busy. Uh, for ticket information for that uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field hosting game against UCLA, call the box office at 562. 985-4949 and uh, and I'm excited to get Andy back next week. Yeah, we're going to have to grill him we're, on whatever took him away the, from this we're show. We're missing the third leg of the tripod. I want yeah, I really want a minute by minute situation report from whatever's going on in Andy P's life today. Uh, we are going to be very busy this week, Mike. Obviously covering Long Beach State stuff as well as the Grand Prix this weekend and the Moore League High School stuff, getting back into action. Baseball games at Blair Field as well this week. I was going to say, we're going to be at Blair Field a lot this week. Yep, yep. So obviously we got to go get back to work. But a thank you to everyone at the Long Beach State Athletics Department, including producer Roger, who did not complain about his legs once 
during the show. No, he didn't, but that's because he doesn't have a microphone. So thank you for Roger, for JJ, for me, for the everyone at the562.org, and Long Beach State, for Johnny Bench. This has been the LVP Show, live at Legends at 6 p.m. on Monday nights. Catch us soon. We'll see you next week, Andy Fee. <laughs>